Hello and welcome to the Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith. How's everyone doing out there, uh, Kosh listeners? Um, once again, I'm super excited to be here with you today. Um, you know what? Because you never know when we're really recording these shows. I'm going to give you a frame of reference this time. It is the first serious snow in Oshkosh. And not serious as if like we got like seven or eight inches or so. But but serious enough that it looks like the snow's sticking to the ground. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little fearful because this is that it's still a little warm. Um, the snow's a little wet and heavy and my snowblower is sitting in a kitchen file. Y'all know what I'm talking about out there, right? All right. So we're going to get ready to jump into it this morning. As always, I have an amazing, amazing guest and I'm super excited to be here with them. Uh, this week's guest is Adam Belcor. Adam Belcareri. Did I say that right, Adam? Real close, real close. And I'll give you a, a part of my intro. I actually have a, a, like a mnemonic device that'll help you. Okay. And you'll get it You'll get it right every time. So. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> well, 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 let's get it right. Go on. Let's get it right. Absolutely. So it's Belcarelli. Belcarelli. And so uh, there's a story behind it, too. Okay. So uh, growing up, I was Adam Corelli. That was, uh, I grew up in northern Illinois, um, the very Italian family on my dad's side, and um, so the uh, Corelli in Italian uh, means beautiful or means chorus or choir, like a Corel. Oh, okay. Right. And so when my wife and I were when we got engaged and we started thinking about uh, what do we do, how do we, um, you know, what did you make the decisions you make when you're getting married? Uh, her name was Nicole Bell. Oh. And so I was like, well, I don't want to hyphenate, but I love this idea of connecting to both sides of the family. Oh, yeah. And so I grew up largely with um, my mom's side of the family. That's where all my cousins were. So my grandmother was born on Main Street in the town I grew up in in Illinois, oh. back, back in Wakanda. And um, so my grandmother was Swanson family. And so a bunch of my cousins were the Swanson cousins. And I was like, I love these people. They're great people. And, but I always felt that disconnect. Right. Because I had the different last name. And so I always thought, how cool would it be if the, the kid could have that connection to both sides of the family? And, and, and in other cultures, that's totally common. Like, that's something people do. Okay. But I thought, I don't want to hyphenate. And partly for that, the reason for that is, um, my mom and my dad have both been div- married and divorced three times to three different people. <laughs> and so uh, my mom's thing was, if you hyphenate, you just do that because it's easier when you get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so, God. Bruh. So I didn't want to have that piece to it. <laughs> but I did want to have this connection. And so I started looking, and um, one of the things that Nicole let me do was plan our honeymoon. Okay. And so... Wait a minute! You got you got the opportunity to plan. I got the I know right, and and I am I am not a planner, so this was like she was sort of forcing me to do this, but it kind of I did it my way. Okay. And so one of the things I did though is I was like I want to go to Italy. Huh. I'm not going to have a lot of chances in the in my life to go, so this is going to be a time. Let's go to Italy. But I was like I I got to know some Italian, 
Right. right? I, I, you know, I can't just travel the world and, and be the, the ugly American who's just like, no, talk my language. I got to know something. So I got this box of cue cards to learn some Italian. And in learning the Italian, through the cards, I realized that, you know, my, um, my name translated, because my family is from southern Italy, it translated as chorale or as music, you know, this chorus. And so then I was like, oh, and then Bella means beautiful. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. This works out great if we do Bell Corelli or Bella Corel, you know, would be the, the Italianish uh, version of it. And so I was like, that just, and so I started playing with that a little bit. And I would tell some people, and they're like, all right, first of all, you're crazy. Like, nobody does that. Just, you know, take your name and go. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to go the, the boring route. <laughs> we're going to do something fun with it. And so we're, I was like, oh. And, and people, you're in my age, were like, oh, that reminds me of the Olympics coach, Bella Caroli. Okay. And so that's one of the common things that people often throw on there is the, the old, um, I'm trying to remember if he was uh, Serbian or something, but the old Olympics gymnastic coach. Was oh, okay. And so I was like, all right, it's kind of like that, but it's not quite. So then I, was, I started saying this it's Italian. Well, then I worked it out that if you think of the, the, like the, the shape of a bell, all right, and then an apple core, right, and then the letters L and E. So it's bell, core, L-E. And that's that's sort of the the um, pictograph version of my last name. What I will say is I I love this concept of melding the two last names together. Like um, I get it, and everybody has like I I feel a certain way about last my last name in particular because I'm a Smith, right? right. And the re, uh, and but. Um, my my fa- the father that raised me i i don't have his last name right and so and legacy matters yeah and i i if i'm carrying this legacy that i'm not necessarily i don't have a, a background on or association with like that and so uh, every once in a while i tease you know I should have took my wife's last name because her family, that last name goes hard. And number two, it's, 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 it's big. And it's, uh, and, and I mean, they, they definitely love me and accept me into the family. And so, uh, it might not have been a bad move. Right. But, (laughs) but, uh, you know, but then again, there's something really cool about being an anonymous Smith. (laughs) If you, if you really don't want to tell people, who you are, you just introduce yourself as Mr. Smith, and that says about everything you want to say. <laughs> yeah, but then if you pick Timber, no one's going to forget that. So you, there's not a lot of other Timbersmiths in the world. Mr. I, well, you know, that, that might be true. <laughs> that might be Bruh. That might be true. I, you know, I'm just going to say, uh, yeah, okay, facts. You got me on that one, Adam. You got me on that but one. But I, like, I do like the anonymity. No one's, no one's going to be like... Oh, it's whatever your name is. You know, once I tell them, then it's it's sort of some nugget of that sticks with them. Oh, trust me. If I'm ever in a setting and I really don't want the person to uh, refine me or remember (laughs) me, I never tell them my name is Timber. I tell them I introduce myself as Mr. Smith. (laughs) I like And they might think I'm trying to be cool, but maybe I'm just trying not to be found again. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
that was a great jump off. Uh, now we got to actually get to business. Uh, <laughs> Adam, can you please share a little something about yourself and what is your connection to the Kosh? So, yeah, so this is the, the resume portion. And this, so this is, gets a little uh, windy path for me because for me, everything about my life here in Ashkosh is interconnected. Like everything has been, I did this and it serendipitously led to this and it led to that. All right. So then pardon me if I go on for a bit here and feel free to cut out any of those pieces. Here. Oh, no, no, there's no, Akash <laughs> uh, listeners know we don't edit. <laughs> so I, I came to Oshkosh for love. So um, my wife and I met in college and we started dating. I was going to Illinois State. She was going to Platteville. And um, we met at a conference actually in Los Angeles. So it was a residence life um, leadership conference out at USC. And um, so I started talking to her out there, and then we came back, and we were AOL instant messaging um, back oh, and forth. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You threw in a don't date yourself. Oh my god, I'm all right with it. I'm, <laughs> I've been old for a while now, so I don't mind. But um, so we were chatting back and forth, and um, eventually I was like, you know what? It's a Thursday. I'm I'm coming up. We're going on a date. And she was like, we're, "What? What are you talking about?" And she's like, "It's like a four hour drive from Illinois State to Platteville." And I was like, "It's fine. I got I'll get out of class early." Thursday afternoon, I'll drive up, I'll take you to dinner, we'll hang out a bit, and then I'll drive back home. And she was like, all right, you're nuts. <laughs> I said, yeah, but this is fun. This is what I do. So I, uh, I jumped in my truck on Thursday afternoon and drove up to Platteville, got totally lost getting there. Oh, that sounds uh, about right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, instead of four hours, it took me about six, but I got there and we went out to dinner um, she made sure, you know, she had a bunch of her uh, roommates and other people in the residence hall come out and meet me first. So I wasn't like some serial killer going to, you know, take her to Iowa and, and murder her or anything. So, <laughs> so, so we, we go out and we have some burgers. Uh, we um, are hanging out in her residence hall room. We watched ER again. I, I, it's all part of the story. Yeah. So, um. Then I was like, all right, thank you for the date. I'm, I'm going to head back home. So I jumped back in my, in my little pickup and started driving back. And I was like, I got a 10 o'clock class. So I, I should have plenty of time, you know, to get home, take a quick snooze, and get, get into class. And uh, I got lost on my way home, too. And so <laughs> I ended up <laughs> um, sleeping in a rest stop, <laughs> just in my truck. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, woke up couple hours later and was like all right and again so this is before gps like none of that i had a map you know so i'm oh. looking at the paper map and i was like all right i know where i am now i can i can go and so i, I got back on the road rolled into uh bloomington normal at about 9 40 you know and quick mouthwash mouth and grabbed my notebook and jumped in my chair and rolled over to class <laughs> so um that was our, our first date and then, um, so we would meet at different um, conferences and leadership events and things once in a while, but mostly it was over Instant Messenger that we would chat. And after about four or five months of that, she was like, you know what? You are way too unpredictable. You're too loud. You're crazy. 
I can't do this. I can't take you. I'm a quiet person. I'm not the one who announces themselves every time they enter a room. Like, um, but you are. And that's, I, I just like, I can't take that. And she's like, we have to break up. And I said, you know what? I get you. I get it. You're right. Yeah. And so, um, I was like, okay, no problem. We'll, we'll still hang out. We'll, you know, on, on chat, we'll still be involved in leadership stuff. That's totally cool. So then, um, you know, we were, we were going to be cool with it. And then I was like, I got an opportunity to move up to Canada and, and work at the university of Windsor. Okay. So I was like, all right, this is awesome. I'm young. I'm dumb. I don't know anything. I have no connections. Like I'm going to go do something like this. So I, I drove up to Canada. I started working up there. Um, found out you have to get like, you know, passports or not even passport, but like a job work a visa, visa kind of thing. Some type of job and I was visa. like, Oh, well I'm already okay. moved in. So hopefully they give it to me. and so i move up there and nicole was like what the hell are you doing and i said oh this is just fun this sounds like a cool opportunity i'll take it she's like well i don't know why you did that you moved further away and now i've fallen back in love with you and i was like oh well all right we can make this work i mean it's just canada it's not like i you know left on an over the ocean or anything like we're fine and so I always joke that the University of Windsor, yeah, I did like the world's shortest study abroad because uh, it's directly over the river from Detroit. Oh, okay. So I, like I was still getting U.S. cell signal and stuff. Like this was not international at all. But right. um, I was I, so I would still every once in a while I'll drive through Michigan, drive over, you know, Indiana, and then over to Illinois and up to Platteville again. I'd still make that drive. Um, even though now I was in a different time zone and it was crazy. So that was sort of how we met and got together. And then she went to grad school in Toledo over in Ohio, University of Toledo. And so, um, I was like, all right, that's awesome. I'll, I'll move down there. We'll hang out. And she was like, oh, no, 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 I, I'm not going to be with someone who can't finish their college degree. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you got to get a degree or we're done. Like, this is, you know, you got to have something going for your life because you're crazy still and loud and unpredictable. So let's go. You know, she made me get my stuff together. So I went uh, down to Eastern Illinois then for a year and finished up all the last couple of credits I needed to get my philosophy degree and transferred everything back to Illinois State. And um, then I was like, all right, I am moving out to Ohio and I found an apartment a couple blocks away from University of Toledo and uh, was like I'm just gonna live here I, I got a job at Best Buy then and um, eventually I'll get to Oshkosh I swear oh, no. <laughs> and uh, so then um, I was working out there and she was doing grad school and uh, so that was the second year of grad school for her and then she graduated we both moved back, um, and I started working outside Chicago. So we were moving back toward the Midwest this way a little bit more. And that then that summer, she got hired as a residence hall director at UW Oshkosh by one of our former advisors for the groups that we were stu- doing student leadership with. Okay. And, and so Jackie hired her, brought her up, and said, all right, you get an apartment, you know, a meal plan, everything, you're living on campus, and uh, you get to be in charge of the grad students then. 
So she that was her her first job out of grad school, and um, but the rule was if you weren't married, you couldn't live together. Okay. Uh, there, so I had said, "All right, I get it. Like that's how this works." So um, we that the summer before um, she came here, we took the train out to D.C. and I proposed at the Lincoln Memorial. Nice. And uh, she was like, I'm not sure I want to do this, but yes. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you're still crazy. I'm not sold on this. It's been a couple of years, but I'm not sold. Um, so I, I, she's warmed to it now over the last 15 or so years. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh, so she was here in Oshkosh working at UWO. I um, was working outside the city and I was working for an online university and I was like, all right. I I don't like the the ethics and the the way they're running this online university. So one day I was like, you know what? I'm done. I <laughs> I went to lunch and never came back. Told my manager, good luck with everything you're doing. I just can't be a part of this anymore. Mm. And so then I was like, all right. We're going to get married. We got married in December. Then uh, I moved up here uh, December of 05 and started looking for something to do. <laughs> so then um, I, I met with uh, the, the folks over at uh, Career Services right. when they were back, uh, back when they were in Dempsey <laughs> and in the, the big old building there and uh, the big old office rather. Um, oh, I'm going to forget the guy's name right now. There was a fantastic, crazy old guy that ran career services there that I would meet with, and he was awesome. And my brain is just not letting me come up with it now. He might, I don't know if he retired before you started working there. Um, someone is listening is going to shout his name out. Like they're saying, oh, you should know it. it. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody knew this guy. He was awesome. Uh, so eventually, I ended up meeting, uh, getting a chance to interview with uh, Roberta McGuire when she was running the honors program at UW Oshkosh. And uh, one of the things that she was looking for was uh, someone to do academic advising but then for the honors students, but then okay. also run the student association. Okay. And because one of the biggest challenges that honors students, not just at Oshkosh but anywhere – uh, that they have is they they got the academics down, right? But they often pigeonhole themselves really early, as you know. I'm an accountant, or I'm you know I'm doing this thing, and that's it's vocational, right? Oshkosh UW Oshkosh is not a vocational school. It's you know it's broad spectrum. Yeah, you got to figure out who you are as a human first. And she wanted someone who could come in and work with students from every major. And no matter what their you know spot in life, what they were bringing in, yeah. that they could fully explore who they were. And I was like, you know, this works out really nice because that's exactly what I love to do. And that's a really nice way of saying I have no idea what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> but I'll I've, I've been there. Yeah. I've so, been there. Yeah. So I, I took some of my chaos and my willing to willingness to explore everything. And, and channeled that into this position. So Roberta took that crazy chance, and she was like, well, I still think you're nuts, but I'll hire you. And uh, so 
uh, I started doing academic advising in the basement of Polk Library. I feel like there's a reoccurring theme about crazy. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All my best friends have found that same thing. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so then I started working in the basement of Polk Library and doing academic advising and meeting students and uh, developing that program and then developing the student association and, and helping some of those students get out of their own um, preconceived ideas of what life can be and um, – sort of what we, they can expect from their college experience, but also then from life, that kind of thing. And I, I loved watching people, um, you know, figure out what it is that they care about, what it is that they want to do and be and see uh, and and become. And that, to me, was always the, the most fun part because a lot of those times, again, those students, they knew the academics. And I was rarely worried about somebody not making the grade Right. You know, that kind of thing. Like, they were the, the students that, one way or another, were going to figure that part out. Like, they already had that track record. Right. But they didn't know the answer to the question that didn't have an answer. You know, they didn't know if the, if the answer wasn't 2 plus 2 is 4. And you'd ask them something, and they'd be like, well, you got to tell me there's an answer. Otherwise, I don't know what you're talking about. And so to get them to do some of that critical thinking, starting to get into getting them to do that dreaming. Of, of what it might be, you know, that comes next or that, that comes now, you know, any of that kind of stuff. They they often wouldn't think about that. And so those were some of my most fun conversations they have with students is to say, okay, tell me the classes you're taking next semester. I'll look through them over. I'll make sure they fit your plan. Now tell me why you're doing any of this. Tell me what's motivating you to, you know, take this class or right. take this one that's, I don't see the connection. Right. Tell me why you're doing it. And then they would show me in that explanation that that class that was outside their plan was really where their passion was. So then next semester, I'd be like, all right, did, did you love that as much as you thought you would? Now, how do you build on that? How do you take yourself off the beaten path? How do you take yourself out of whatever that preconceived idea of what you should do is and and so that those were the conversations I would have, and then I started meeting people. Um, again, being in the lower level of Polk, there uh, I have an office next to Grace Lim, <laughs> you know, and uh, some other folks uh, in the university world who um, are looking at what can the world become, what can Oshkosh become, what are the things we can start to think about and and make happen that um, aren't happening right now. And so I started getting involved um, through those different connections on, um, so you, you mentioned the snow. The snow is actually one of the first things that drew me to activism in Oshkosh here because I use a wheelchair. I've used a wheelchair since the eighth grade. And um, when we moved to campus, much of UW Oshkosh was not, fully accessible right um but there was work done like there was some good work happening however the moment the first snow came everything wasn't accessible and the grounds crew was doing great work but they weren't given the tools to really clear and make things accessible the way that a person in a wheelchair needed them. 
and I didn't blame him for it. Like I, it's not something most people think of until you're in that moment and in, in right. that experience. And so I started getting involved in different committees on campus. I, I got involved with the um, Disability Resource Office. I started getting involved in residence life facilities stuff and talking to grounds crew folks and saying, what can we do to make this work? And I was on a committee that specifically was looking at how to improve snow removal because um, – Fast forward a little bit, I had started um, bringing his own, um, my daughter was born, and when we were living in the residence halls, and I had this beautiful little girl, and I drove around a little four-wheel scooter, and I would carry her baby carrier on my feet, like on this scooter around campus, or uh, in the little, the um, baby carrier, like, you, you mean the things you, like, wear on the front? Yeah, yeah one of those, okay. too. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. So she'd hang out with me riding around campus on my scooter. And um, we became sort of sort of famous because we were a little little different than what most people would expect to see. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, I can man, imagine that. Old man carrying a baby and a baby Bjorn, you know, around campus and um, cruising around everywhere. And, the, and we would eat in the residence, and we'd eat in the dining halls, rather, and we lived in a little apartment in Evans Hall and, um, you know, that kind of thing. We were just uh, cruising around and having a blast. But then it snowed, and we, I'd get stuck all the time. And luckily, you know, we have awesome students, and so I never didn't make it home. <laughs> like, somebody would either clear a path or shove me through the snow enough um, to get me where I needed to go. But I was like, eventually, I was worried that I was going to go somewhere and get stuck and then have this baby with me, and what am I going to do? And that happened one day. It was a Friday afternoon, and I was down by uh, Grunhagen Conference Center with the baby, and Nicole was working, and so I was like, i got to get back to our apartment. The baby needs to eat. Like, let's try and get home, and it's snowing. Again, much harder than we got this first snow here, and it ended up taking me like three hours to get across campus which is nuts. Like that was unacceptable. And so I wrote an angry letter to the uh, vice chancellor who was in charge of the facilities stuff at the time. And he was like, you know what? You need to be on this committee to help figure this problem out. And so I started looking at curb cuts and snow removal and how do we fix this problem? Right. And so I ended up drawing up a map and, you know, coming up with a, a routine, a regimen so that they knew, so the grounds crew folks knew where people with disabilities lived, where they had class. How do we make these connections so that people can get where they need to go? And then from doing that work, uh, the transportation director for the city of Oshkosh was like, hey, we're starting a bike and pedestrian advisory committee. You should be on that. And so I was like, all right, that sounds exactly like my speed. I'll go do that. And so I was on the campus working on snow removal stuff, started volunteering on a city committee and being uh, involved with uh, bike plan, bike routes, bike trails, and sidewalks and curb cuts throughout the city. All right. Then being involved in that, I ended up getting involved or getting connected to the Winnebago County Health Department. And at the Winnebago County Health Department, they were doing this program called Rethink. And in Rethink, uh, there's different committees or, you know, different branches of it. And I was uh, recruited um, 
to be on the social connectedness team. And got to work with a, a, another Kosh guest, uh, Stephanie Gildeband. She uh, and I worked is. together. Shout out to Steph. Yeah. And uh, so, um, yeah, we were doing awesome work in getting neighbors outside to meet one another. Yes. And feel connected. Right. And sidewalks are a great place for that to happen. And so the more accessible our community can be, the more um, people can feel connected to the cash. And that was just sort of where we, we launched that. So then I was like, all right, if I ever want to move up in this system, I need my master's degree. And so I was like, all right, what do I get my master's in? Like my undergrad's in philosophy. Do I just, you know, get any master's degree? I was like, I don't want to be a thinker. Like that's that sounds like people laugh at you if you come up and say I'm a thinker. You know, <laughs> like, like all right, great. So I was like, I gotta get some some degree. I, I gotta specialize this a little bit more. Of how do we make this? How do we activate right this thinking? And so I was looking around and I was like, we have at UW Oshkosh a master's of public administration. And so I was like, oh, this is awesome. I, I love all of the, the private, or sorry, public sector work and nonprofits and um, all that kind of thing. Like, that's my jam. That's, that's where I feel the most good doing that kind of work. And so I ended up entering the MPA program and fell in love with it. Like, it was just so much fun. Uh, it, the Saturdays or the classes were were Saturdays eight to four, yeah, uh, partly in class. Uh, and again, this is uh, back what would it have been twenty twelve uh, at this point. Um, so the first time I'd applied to the master's program, I found out um, about a month after I applied that we were expecting our daughter, and so I was like, all right, I can't go to school right now. I gotta. I, I would be a terrible student as a dad. <laughs> right, I, and I get that. Yeah, uh, that that's some of the toughest stuff you can ever do is like uh, trying to go to school and and uh, trying to be a quality parent. That yes. is uh, that is not easy to balance. <laughs> Absolutely, and so I again having been in a wheelchair, I have a nerve disorder. Little side tangent here. So um, my nerve disorder is called Charcot Marie Tooth, and it. What it does is it mess, messes with the signals that send that my brain sends to my legs, particularly, um, to do stuff, um, particularly to get stronger. So throughout my life, those enough of those signals have gotten lost that my um, leg muscles have started to not get stronger. And they've thankfully stopped deteriorating. Like they, they deteriorated to a point and then it sort of stopped. But I was always worried that the struggles that I had, the falling down and the um, twitches and that kind of thing, you know, that had, the problems I had growing up and not being able to, you know, run around and do that kind of stuff after uh, eighth grade, that I would pass that on to a, a kid. And so I was really not sure that I wanted to have kids. So then I started thinking, okay, you know, do we adopt? How do we do this? And my, my wife was like, you know... Not being able to walk, not the worst thing in the world. It didn't end up being the worst thing in the world for you. Like, let's not worry about that. Let's, you know, the kid's going to be who the kid's going to be. 
And, you know, there's all these, you know, things you worry about as a parent. And Yep, that's, um, a, that's yeah. a fact. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, no, we'll, we'll deal with it. So we had our kid, and I said, as soon as I found out I was going to be a dad, I was over the moon. Like, that was something I, I again, at the time didn't think I was going to get a, to do. And then... Um, it took a while, you know, happening even. And so we were like, oh, is this really going to be a thing? And I said, I don't care what else I do with my life. I am going to be a, a good husband and I'm going to be a good dad to these kids. That's going to be the thing. So <laughs> um, I said, all right, I'm not going to do grad school yet. I'm going to concentrate on this and... So then having the kids ended up being another thing that tied me into the cash and the things that we do here. So, yeah, so being involved in those different things sort of sent me off on this uh, path to involvement. And uh, then through the work I did with a nonprofit while I was in grad school um, doing employment services, and then that led to some of the leadership development stuff that I got the next job. And then that led to the um, doing business development work and getting to the job I have now, which is transportation planning. And that was a, a real windy path um, to do that. But that's a, a lot of the, the things I'm involved in that led me then to be connected to Heroes of Oshkosh, led me to be connected to the PTO at uh, my kid's school, led me to be connected to, um, uh, what else do I do? All kinds of fun stuff. The Again, bike and ped stuff and the long-term finance committee for the city, all those different things that I'm involved in. And then led me to start my own nonprofit, 14 and 3, a leadership development nonprofit. Oh. So those are some of my connections, and that's going to be the longest intro in the history of the Kosh podcast here. <laughs> you, yeah. Adam, you broke the record. He <laughs> broke the record. But you know what? We needed to know. And I think the Kosh listeners needed to know. And I'm not going to lie. It, it, it was fascinating. Like I was I was on the ride. And, and you know what? I thought I knew you. I didn't know you. Now I know you. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to actually jump in. We're right. going to go to our first segment. All right. First segment of the Kosh is what in the world is going on with that is your opportunity you start off with the phrase what in the world is going on with and you share something that's on your mind that's happening so yeah what in the world is going on with time that's been my concern lately <laughs> okay i like this not, not just the the time change that we had a week a couple weeks ago or last week whatever it was but just time in general like the with covid and and all that I have no concept of when anything happened in the last two years, particularly. That's true. I think, <laughs> you know what? I think everybody feels like that. Like, because you don't even realize that it's almost been two years. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And and you're just like, what happened? Like you, you lost something in there. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then I was going through. So one of my ideas for um, like gifts this year is I, I love photography. I love taking photos. Okay. And I, so I try and think of things that are, like, personal to that someone will appreciate. And so I was looking through uh, a bunch of my old digital photos 
and um, trying to find this one photo for my mom. And I was like, oh, I just, I, I know it should be around 2014, you know? Right. <laughs> so I just started digging through and I started finding pictures of my kids from, you know, back, uh, back then. And um, so at that point, my son was about two years old and my daughter was about five. And so I was like, oh, I forget who these people were, you know, like this right. is, that they were that little. And now they're 13 and nine. And, you know, it's still it's it feels like at every stage they're always that that age. You know, you feel like, OK, this is the person I know now. So, yeah. So that's been the weird thing where I'm like, I, I, I recognize and I remember. And I, but if somebody ever tries to tell me you know, which happened first or, you know, what, what order things went in? No idea. Nope. <laughs> no clue at all. Time, time is a flat circle, right? <laughs> yep. I, I agree with that one. And, and it just, you're right. These, uh, these years of going through the pandemic has just thrown off all the time. Um, my, what in the world is going on with, um, has to do with Christmas shopping. What in the world is going on with Christmas shopping? And, and I say this because I just can't get into it. <laughs> this year, I just don't feel it. Like, I'm not feeling it at all. And, like, usually, like, I like to, I actually do a large portion of my Christmas shopping starting in October because if most people don't know, there's better deals in October than there is in almost on Black Friday. So I start shopping in October because that seems it seems like what retailers are trying to do is clear inventory out to make space for the holiday season stuff, right? And so I usually pick up some awesome deals and I'm ready. But you know what? I don't know what I want to buy anybody. And part of it is because I think I have had a philosophy change in how I feel about gifts. And I'm anti-stuff. Right. <laughs> you had to move at least once, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I haven't I haven't moved in 20 years, 20 plus years. Um, no, but I'm just uh, – but here's the problem. When we redid – when we did our remodel, you got to get rid of stuff. Yeah. Right. And so then I'll, you figure out I got too much stuff and I need to get rid of stuff. And then you realize all I'm doing is giving other people a bunch of stuff. Right. <laughs> and what, that, what ends up happening with all that stuff? And so, like, my philosophy now is I'd rather give experiences. This is something my mom taught me, actually. Shout out there to mom. Um you know, and she was been the, the for years now, she's been really good about, you know, let me, what, what do you want to see? What do you want to do? You know, here's some concert tickets. Here's a, some bucks tickets. Here's this, right? And the experiences, right? I remember those forever. Those are amazing gifts. And so my anti-stuff attitude right now is making it really hard for me to figure out what I want to get people because I don't want to get them no stuff. Right. <laughs> so. That is my rant. <laughs> I like it. I for like what it. in the world is going on with um, segment two? All right, we're getting into word associations. This is where I'll say a word and you tell me what comes to mind. Um, we got to start off with our favorite food. Yeah. So my favorite food is a little bit weird. Um, my mom made this dish that, uh, growing up, I realized, or now you know, being a grown up now, I realize it's just a casserole. But it was upside-down pizza is what she called it. Okay. And so it's essentially you take pizza sauce and the toppings, and you put them on the bottom. And then you put cheese, 
uh, mozzarella layer across, and then bisquick across the top, and you bake. Oh. And it is like you you can make a eight by eleven pan, and I would eat the whole thing. It's amazing, yeah. and it's it's just like this fluffy pizza casserole essentially. All right, but it's it's outstanding, and you can make it as healthy or as unhealthy as you want. Like, yeah, you, know, you can do anything you want in there if you. Um, as long as somebody can eat Bisquick, you know, right. biscuits, like, you're good. All right. Uh, so what was that called again? It's upside-down pizza is what we called it. Okay. But essentially, it's like a, a, any basic casserole that, that I was like, oh, no, I thought my mom made this thing up. Like, <laughs> All right. Is that, a, is that a staple in your family currently? Is that... It is, and we've been experimenting with different... Um, toppings that we add in yeah. that we never would have done when I was a kid. So okay, yeah, as we got um, you know going to Wagner Market, you get some good um, you know brats of good beef and you dice them up, or you know you get the um, crumble of, like oh, pork crumble in there, right. that kind of stuff. Like there's all kinds of good stuff you can do. Okay, that look, I might need to grab a plate of that. That sounds <laughs> wonderful. All right, cocktail of beer. So I have never been much of a beer guy. Um, so um, I had heard somebody on the cash recently say the old-fashioned, and my wife introduced me to those. That's really good. But I, I have to say my cocktail is Red Bull and Jägermeister. Oh! A Jägermeister. That, that is literally <laughs> like, can, we, can you bring us back to the school days? Right, right. And so, yeah. So back before I went to college, I used to shoot pool. And that was my drink. That was my, I got to stay awake. I got to stay focused. And so I, and what I found out is I can't stand Red Bull just by itself. Okay. I can't stand like a shot of Jägermeister. Like get out of here with that. But you put them together to me, it's like Kool-Aid. It's fantastic. Uh, (laughs) That that's, you know what? That's got to be one of the more interesting answers I have gotten. And (laughs) I'm a tad bit fascinated now. And then now we might have to, you might have to go on an adventure there, Adam. <laughs> nice. All right, um, streaming. So I just started um, watching Dune. Oh, um, it's it's a story that I've been fascinated by since I was a kid, but never I wasn't that nerdy into sci-fi. Um, like I did comic books and that kind of thing, uh, and did you know the Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know that kind of thing, Indiana Jones, but. Um, never delved too much into the Dune and ended up reading a lot about the um, the philosophy behind it and sort of the, the way it was written. So when they did this remake, I was all excited to check it out, and it is gorgeous. So I'm about halfway through it now, and I uh, can't wait to maybe get some time this afternoon. Nobody else in the, in, in the house is interested, so I might have to wait until <laughs> everybody takes off. What uh, streaming service is that on? I believe that's HBO. Okay. That one. Okay, Dune. Um, shop local. So I am all about the shop local. And again, part of being the um, social connectedness right. piece is not only supporting the business, but connecting with the person who you know that is um, putting their heart and soul into that work. Right. So I said Wagner Market. I, I sit on the um, social or food justice team for the Oshkosh Food Co-op. Um, I do all kinds of um, stuff with local planning and figuring out how do we get people to drive slower, oh. uh, particularly down Main Street. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, and 
So one of the reasons is if you're driving slower, you're going to kill less people, but also you're going to see what's there right? and figure out you have a reason to stop. That's true. And I, I never thought of it that way. So I always joke. I said, if you think Main Street's too narrow, you're driving too fast. You got to park. You got to walk down it. You got to see what's there so you know and can explore that and and see some of the awesome restaurants they got going in down there. Stop at the comic book store. So that's that's probably if you if you ask me, where do you put, put most of your own money on Main Street? It's it's House of Heroes. That's oh. <laughs> I I I yes, I used to go there. I haven't gone there in a long time, but I still got my comic book collection. Um, from what I believe they call the golden age of yeah. comics. Uh, yeah. And, uh, oh, I'm scared to get back. I, I, I can't go in there because I know once <laughs> I go, I'm hooked. So, so this has been one of my, my pandemic splurges. Uh-huh. I, I, had, I used to collect the old Wolverine okay. comic book. I was like, you know what? I got about 40 of them, okay. but they're not in any particular order. I, I, and I said to myself, how cool would it be? to own the first 75 Wolverines right. from the 80s and 90s. And I was like, and most of those are buck, two bucks, three bucks, you know. You can get most of them in the, you know, not the high shelves. You right. know, they're, they're just in the box somewhere. So I, I talked to Scott, and I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. Every week, every two weeks, I'm going to stop in. I'm going to grab three or four more of them. I said, you know, if you got some, like, people come in and offer them, if you could hold them, and then I'll look at them or whatever. And he's like... Just keep looking in the box. That's where I'll put them because you should be good. So that that's now about a year, year and a half ago I started doing that. I now have 80 of the first 100 Wolverines. Nice. But I don't have the first two because they're like five grand. Right. Okay, yeah. Those are way out of whack. Now. And so my wife was like, until something changes dramatically in our right. financial situation, right. you're going to have to find like a ripped up water dunked copy of Wolverine number one if you want one. All right. I hear you. <laughs> yes. I've been loving it. It's been awesome. I got that. The only one that I got that I'm holding on to is a Spawn. Uh, yeah. I think I've got the first 34 copies of Spawn. Really? Yeah. And, and, and I... I put them in. I put them right away in plastic with cardboard backs, and uh, so they're sitting there. And uh, I kept. I've always said back in the day, I was saving them for my children, but now I have come to realize they have no interest, and so I don't know why I'm saving them for them. (laughs) No, (laughs) right. So I've had a. I've had a rude awakening about that whole thing. So that's that's one area where I've actually gotten really lucky. Is that my daughter now has started. On the Miss Marvel oh. and Captain Marvel okay. stuff, and then we've been watching the MCU as a family. Right, those Marvel movies. I love those movies. Yeah, and so um, my daughter right now wants to be Hawkeye. Okay, that was what that was her Halloween costume oh, and everything. So got it. I'm super excited about that. That's been awesome. All right, abilities. So yeah, so for me, abilities is always an interesting uh, topic because. Again, having a nerve disorder, having um, being in the wheelchair, and having that really obvious limitation uh, or differentiation for me has been the access to intersectionality and this idea of people who are the way they are in a way they can't change, but it influences the way people interact with them. So 
That I, was well stated. <laughs> thank you. I, I've, I've done uh, a quite a bit of speaking on that because I, I love being the the bridge person. I love being that person that says, okay, you don't understand LGBTQ. You don't understand race, you know, and the, the differentiation there. Um, let me introduce you to it. Let me help you become more at ease with these ideas because everyone has some concept of their own physical limitations. And if I say, okay, now imagine yourself blind, people, they, you just, it's so outside their realm of what the world would be. But if I say, imagine you couldn't walk, then they're like, okay, I, I can get that. I have some sense of, you know, what it would mean. And, and so I, that's an easier transition to make in their mind of how would I interact with the world if I couldn't walk. Right. And it's something that um, I, I, I go into actually in my, my TEDx uh, Oshkosh talk about the way people react to that uh, when they see someone with a disability and the subconscious uh, click that happens that they think about their own limitations, their own mortality, and maybe not even on a conscious level, they start to think about abilities. And so for me, again, being able to look at the world and say, ah, that store that has a step to get in isn't even thinking about who, what customers they're excluding. You know, they're not even thinking about the lost connection, the lost revenue, the lost opportunity to serve the community by leaving those steps in. Um, right. Absolutely. One of the fun programs I used to do when I was an academic advisor was I would get four or five wheelchairs and I would have college students ride around in them on campus oh. for like 20 minutes, you know, okay. a half hour. And because it's this area, it's this space that they're so intimately familiar with. They've, you know, been there and cruising around. They do their whole life within that three or four block area for a while. And then you throw this on and say, you're going to ride in a chair and I'm going to pair you up with somebody and they're going to be blindfolded. I want you two to try and get from this building to that building or from this floor of this building into a bathroom on the next floor and, and have them experience that, have them check that out and see how the things that they expected were difficult, but then the things that they had no idea and one of the examples I'll give for people who are familiar with um, Sage Hall and Dempsey. Now, if you can think about those two buildings on campus, if you are walking, you're like, okay, it's like uh, uh, two blocks away from each other. You know, or not even really. It's, it's one straight sidewalk. But if you think of the difference in elevation from Sage Hall down by river level right. up to Dempsey, it's almost a story and a half that mm. you walk uphill up that sidewalk. You know, I, I never thought of it until you said it <laughs> just now. Right. You're, you are right. Yeah. And, and so then I think, okay, just getting up that hill for someone in a wheelchair whose gravity is constantly working against you is one thing. Now, if you're trying to carry books, if you're trying to carry an art project, if you're trying to carry, you know, that diorama you made for your finals or whatever, like... That's a, that's a whole other level of unexpected challenge. 
And then if you start to say, okay, now it's raining or now it's icy. Right. Now it's that um, sidewalk that you haven't cleared the snow. And so it's got everyone's footfalls, like the footpaths in it. So now for me in the chair, it's like going over 35 speed bumps, you know, all the way up that or down it. And so that there's all these other challenges that come in with um, thinking about the world when you take this one piece away. And so then as people start to relate to that and feel that, I then say, okay, now imagine how that relates to um, people with, uh, from other cultures. If, if language is that barrier, if the other people's presumption of your knowledge just because you aren't speaking in the language they're familiar with. Right. You know, how does that impact their experience of the world and, and what they're doing? And so that, that, to me, that intersectionality starts to provide an opportunity to have some of those deeper, more interesting discussions. That was really good. <laughs> That's all I can say. That was, that was really good. Thank you. All right. Um, last word. Holidays. Ah, so I grew up in in quite a dysfunctional family. (laughs) And so um, holidays growing up were always this tense and scary time. And so as when I started my own family and doing this stuff, I said, I have got to flip the script on that. I've got to make that different. And my wife loves decorating for Christmas and so I used to always be like, bah humbug, I don't want to do any of that. Like, this is my, you know, seasonal effective time. Let me sit in a room, dark room, and not talk to anybody. And, but the more that I'm connected to people then, and the more that, um, you know, I'm out in the community and having people see how they change and how they start to look for things to be involved in and then things to celebrate. I've started to really appreciate and and want to decorate and want to be involved and um, doing that, you know, the the parades and the um, photos out on Main Street and when they do the new murals and and all that kind of stuff. So I I love the holidays now and and my kids have absolutely opened up a whole new sense of appreciation for them. All right. We're on to the next segment. Kosh Hidden Gems. What's your hidden gem? Ooh, so I don't know how hidden. Um, uh, when I think of like restaurants, um, think of Zeroni's, you know, and I've been I've been missing it. Um, I know you and I used to share a hidden gem, which was uh, when we go into Cranky Pat's. Oh, um, <laughs> that just hurts my soul to right? even talk about it. Shout out to all of my my Cranky Pat's family. Big, big shout out. So so this is one of the funny other connections now uh, through my kids. Uh, so Jason, who ran Cranky Pat, his son and my son are about the same age. Okay. And so he and I are now um, together coaching Lego League. Oh. And it's been awesome. This is the second year we've done it. And um, so I'm still connected in, and I've been, I've been trying to hit him up for some of the old pizza recipes and you know, the family secrets there to make my own cranky pants. Cause, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, something I miss too. I, I, you started talking about it when I was listening to some of these episodes and was like, Oh, he's right. I'm missing it. 
I'm dying. All right, wait, wait. Now the the hidden gem might be this Lego League. I need to know <laughs> yeah. about this Bruh. Lego League. As you are talking to someone who love Legos, my mama and them didn't love Legos because they stepped on them. But right. nonetheless. <laughs> I love Legos. So what is this Lego League? Um, yeah, I can do that. The uh, Lego League is the level that we're at is for the um, like second, third, fourth graders where it's uh, it's a subgroup of the first robotics group, okay. which is for like middle school, high school um, students who actually build robots and, and they're given a mission to um, – Build something, a, a robot that serves a purpose. And so the theme this year is cargo and um, transportation um, chains. Like, how do we supply chains? How do we get things where they need to go? Okay. So, again, we're working with these eight, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-olds uh, on our version of it. And so it's all about building the things that move cargo around. So whether it's ships or planes or trucks or... You know, individual you know, little go-karts, you know, however you get stuff right. from where it's made to where it's stored to where it goes. And um, so we're talking to the kids about the the supply chain and how the stuff they need and, you know, love getting um, for, you know, uh, when they go to Main Street or when they go shopping or they go to the grocery store. Um, they're talking about how that uh, gets there. And so the work that we're doing or having the kids build a lot of the if they were to improve any of those vehicles right what would they add to it and then they give us a a little motorized piece that so we're building a sorting center and so it's a little gear you know the 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 lego little um motorized setup and the we've had the kids now build this uh machine that sorts boxes oh and so it, it all a fun little project to, by the color of the box, they can sort it into the different places that it needs to get shipped out. That is fantastic. So if you got a, if you got your own seven, eight, nine year old who, who wants to be part of Lego league, how does that happen? Cause I mean, you know, you know, not that I'm seven, eight or nine, but you know, <laughs> I'm just curious, you know, because you know, maybe there's a space for us uh, big kids, you know. I'm just saying. So the rec department, that's one of their programs okay. uh, that you can look it up in the Oshkosh Rec Department Guide. Um, the group that we had that Jason and I are working with um, are just the, the group that had signed up for the rec guide, you know, through two years ago or three years ago now um, that we just got that same group back together. Right. And so um, – so now we meet in uh, New Moon on Sundays after they close up shop, and and we dump out a bucket of Legos on the floor there, and have the kids, you know, go nuts. Uh, there, there's the program piece, and then the just build and tell us something about what you just built. So yeah, shout out to Lego League. <laughs> okay, um, what's the cash need? So for me, I love thinking about how we have so many resources. Uh, and I, again, so one of the things I'm uh, thrilled and honored to be a, a part of is that Heroes of Oshkosh. Yes. And so the more that we, the thing that we always are needing 
is people to realize they have something to give. And that's been the, um, the beauty of the Heroes of Oshkosh program is you know, we got on Facebook, we got over 8,000 members right now. Right. And it's people who realize they had something that their neighbors needed. Right. Whether it's a, uh, they're able to help, whether it's stuff, whether it's um, support, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so Oshkosh is always needing more people to meet their neighbors and, and get connected. I like that. Okay. We need more people to help other people. Yes. That's a, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, all right. Time for the naughty slash heroes corner. This is your opportunity to nominate. It's not necessarily an individual, but it can be individual organization or a, a thing or, or something. Um, what would you like? What do you, what do you got, Adam? So I've been racking my brain just because I was thinking, oh, how cool would it be to be the first person to throw someone on the naughty list? Oh, no, no. It's been done. Oh, it's, it? been, okay. it's, it's been done a couple of times okay, now. Right, uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Then the pressure's off. I don't have to worry about that. Okay, good. No, um, you, you bring such a positive attitude that I was like, All right, I got to come up with some of the many people that I am I'm honored to work with. So um, I was going to put on the nice list um, the... Oshkosh Kids Foundation, uh, mm-hmm. then the amazing work they do, um, and the you know Devin and Julie and John and all those folks doing the Oshkosh Kids Foundation work right. is a an amazing resource we have here. Okay, and then connected to them, um, a little bit more broad in the Fox Valley is Jake's Network of Hope, and so those are <laughs> interrelated. Um, just amazing work that those two organizations are doing uh, to help people get the things they need and the resources they need. Shout outs. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. We are on to the topic of the week. All right. Adam, you want to share with us what your topic of the week is? What was my topic of the week? Uh, oh, involvement. it was involvement. There it is. Go. It is getting involved in the community. Yes. All right. Yeah. So one of the things that we are blessed with here in Oshkosh is opportunities that meet people where they're at. So right. whatever level or um, particularly, again, during COVID, it's funny enough, gotten easier to be involved, but you got to know how to find the thing. That's you true. Know how to connect with someone who does whatever that thing is that you're interested in, and so um, my evenings, um, some some nights, and you know, some weeks, every night of the week is a Zoom meeting somewhere, you know, or with some group of great folks. Oh yeah. And so, um, whether it starts out through the Heroes of Oshkosh, if you're on Facebook and you're part of the page and seeing the the needs that are out there, whether it's uh, your, you know, your kids' school PTO. Um, I was just part of the neighborhood association that started in my neighborhood. Um, so we were, where I'm living, they, um, all around us, we were surrounded by the Greater Oshkosh Healthy Neighborhoods. Okay. As the Go HNI is the, the old acronym for them. Um, all these officially recognized neighborhood associations. And so some neighbors of mine said you know what, we're surrounded. Why don't we, instead of you know, getting incorporated around the edges, uh, why don't we all get together and um, start a neighborhood association? 
And so I said, I will be a part of it as long as you don't need me to lead it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so then so they were like, yes, we got some people. We got some great folks that will lead it. Let's let's start putting stuff together. And so um, I said, all right, tell me when the meetings are, and I'm, I'll show up. So uh, I found time that I carved out of my other stuff and um, went to that first setup meeting, and then we just got approved two weeks ago by the city council. And so the Bent Woods Neighborhood Association is now – uh, an official thing. Um, but I know also then get involved. The city of Oshkosh website has uh, uh, actually this part of the where their website is sort of the envy of other towns and counties and everybody, because if you go on the city, just do a Google search for the city of Oshkosh, the first thing that you click on is government. And there's a drop down menu there. That's boards and commissions. Right. And they're always looking for people to sit on these boards and commissions. Right. And it's usually once a month. Uh, there are topics from beautification to, to um, actual like uh, property assessments and that kind of thing. There's just everything in the world: parks, bikes, and um, bike and pedestrian work, long-term finance. You know, like it's some of it sounds really wonky, but some of it's super fun. The landmarks commission, that kind of stuff, the library board, right? All these things are available. And they're always looking for good people who can show up and have an opinion. You don't have to have any specific education or skill or anything. You got to be a, a person who lives in Oshkosh and cares about Oshkosh. Yeah. So those are the things that uh, sort of the quick ways to jump in and uh, start being involved and connecting more deeply with the things that you and we have always um, benefited from right. here in Oshkosh. And the more that we get more voices, uh, particularly um, young or voices that have not felt like they could be heard, yes, the more that we bring that in, the better off everybody is. That's true. All right. Now, um, let me ask you this. So it sounds like you are still heavily involved in an awful lot of different committees and organizations and such. Um, this is a great opportunity to tell our audience, you know, where do they need help? Uh, where, what are you working with personally that you could use a few more people uh, to, to participate and volunteer or to get involved in? What, 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 do, you, what do you got? So um, through, uh, I'll start with the city. Um, so whenever there are um, public works being done, whether it's the water supply station down by Menominee Park or um, figuring out the name of the new middle school that's going in, the more that people can respond, even though we all, I think, feel a little um, surveyed out, <laughs> you know, that right. we get asked to, you know, take a survey for everything. Right. Um, when they're local focused, that has a real, very impactful um, response to it. Yeah, your response means a lot. Right. And, and it really does get put directly into action. So responding to those surveys and, and giving that input on a bike and ped plan or on the, the um, transit advisory board's plan for you know, a, a downtown transit center, all that kind of stuff, the more that you can share your opinion and say, hey, this is how that impacts me, the more you can help those um, folks doing that work. Right. But then also 
taking the time, signing up, being involved in, like I said, a, a PTO or a YMCA club or whatever, the more that you can just be connected to that, right? you're passing on all of those uh, benefits that you've received in your life. I, I love that, the quote, um, be the person you needed when you were younger. You know? Ooh, I like that. And, yeah, good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's always been that um, sort of that driving force to say, who did you admire? Who do you admire? Who helped you become successful? Right. Um, those are the kind of people then you start to say, there is a me that's 10 years old right now. Right. How can I help that person? You know, that's doing the Lego League. I was a kid who I would have loved that opportunity right. you know, to have some adult come in and say, oh, yeah, tell me what you built. And right. give me that five minutes to say, oh, this laser beam and dragon tail boat is what's going to revolutionize the world. You know, right. that kind of thing. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah. So finding those opportunities of, you know, who, what team needs a coach? What? Um, band needs someone to play the instrument you haven't picked up in 10 years. You know, what are those things that you can be a part of? And there's every opportunity in Oshkosh here. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. Um, I, I have conversations with people and people are, and they, and they say things like, you know, I really admire the things that you're doing or the things, you know, and I'm always like, you can too, you know, and, and, and it, I think sometimes people think either they're too busy, but it's the time commitment isn't always the worst, you know, like if it's one hour a month, but that one hour a month can make a humongous difference. Or sometimes it is some work, but it's only for a period of time and then it's done. Um, and then you get to see something to fruition and, and you get to see this outcome and you're just, you, you, you feel good because, you know, it's bigger than you. Um, and I and I'm a person that believes all people are inherently good. You know, Absolutely. Uh, I think in the in their at the most at their most authentic place. Um, they everyone truly wants an opportunity to be a decent individual um, and want to do good by others. Um, and part of that is helping others, right? Absolutely. And so, yeah, even if you're not one who thinks of yourself as I want to help others, I want to do good. Right. Um, one of the things my mom used to always tell me is you make time for what you value. Yes. You know, you, you make time for what's important. You do. And, um, so even if somebody is, you know, a hundred percent business minded, I just want to make money. Right. What they realize is the way to make more money is to find that younger you and sell them on your philosophy <laughs> and then mentor them. <laughs> right. Because that's how you're going to end up building your uh, impact. You're going to build your connections that way. Right. Is by having that little you that's, you know, wants to do what you do. And, and so every goal, whether, you know, it's, you know, anything in the world. I could start coming up with crazy what ifs, but just anything you want to do, there's someone that would value from your input on that because they want that same thing. And so it's a force multiplier then. All right. 
Any last words you would like to add on to the topic of the week? I would like to apologize. No, no there's going on and on. No, oh, no, there's no apologies. This is the cash. You get an opportunity. <laughs> oh. Um and and you are nowhere near the record show. Okay, good. Which yeah. the record show, shout out to my man, uh, Paul Van Auken. Uh, he holds the record show. You know what? I can totally see that. Paul and I are on the uh Food justice team together, yes. and uh, we we both have to keep ourselves in check. <laughs> that's never a one hour meeting. <laughs> that's awesome. I love Paul. Yes. So yeah. So um, <laughs> that's a good warning. It's a, all right. If you're gonna listen to this one, this episode, and Paul's back to back, make a weekend of it. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> um, the other thing that I'll, I'll add on. So the heroes of Oshkosh is this amazing collective of volunteers that are doing this thing that seems so simple. And it is ultimately simple, but it's amazing the impact we've been able to have. I, and I know you already talked to a couple of the, the heroes folks. Yep. And, um, and, my, and, and I would like to say a shout out to the wife. Uh, we have participated. Yes, indeed. And, and definitely have shared and given away some things to people in need. Um, and it helped us too. Yep, exactly. yep. <laughs> it helped us too. Yep. So yeah. So the, through that work and, and I know again, John Damel mentioned a bunch of the, um, washing the dryers we've been able to give away and um we're i i lost count actually around somewhere around 1500 mattresses is what i lost count that's at. just and amazing that's been months since then that number is just wow yeah and and those kinds of things where i think so many people didn't realize how many of their neighbors did not have a bed right and then stepped up and said you know, this is, I'm getting a new one. I, I don't need a new one. You know, mine works perfectly fine, but I'm in a place where I can and I, I want a new one. And they say, but I keep good care of my stuff. Like this is, yeah. you know, worth passing along. It's got life left in it. And then they put it out there and they're amazed when 35 people ask for it, you know, and that kind of thing. And so the thing that we are looking for then is not only those generous souls out there that are able to, you know, um, pass stuff along. Right. But we have a group of, and uh, again, John had mentioned them too, but it's been a bit now, so I'll, I'll bring them back up, our hero haulers. So we got a group of guys who, when we started this that back in December of 19, uh, these guys had never volunteered for anything in their lives. You know, they, they worked construction jobs. They worked office jobs. They, they said, I don't have a lot of stuff to give away. I don't. Uh, you know, they would always, <laughs> they always joke with me and say, I'm not that smart, but I want to do some help. I want to help some way. <laughs> I want to do some good. Right. And so they, then they said, I got a truck and I got a trailer. So we ended up, initially we had about 15 um, folks, uh, men and women with trucks and trailers that would go and pick up the heavy stuff and carry them. And then um, that started to, you know, vary as people got involved in other stuff or uh, moved out of town, that kind of thing. And so now we're down to about four guys uh, and a, a lady who um, they can do this a lot of the time, but we're always looking for more people to either bring stuff right. from one person to another or help lift it. Okay. Um, we had a, 
uh, requests come through the other day. Um, a woman's taking in her grandchildren, mm-hmm. and you know some tragedy in the family. A lot of stuffs happening, um, and she wanted a um, piano that she had stored in her garage brought into the house, so that she can use that to help the kids connect and and heal, and and so that's normally something that we say, okay, it's not food, it's not shelter, it's not an essential, but it's also something this woman couldn't do on her own. Right. How do we meet that need? Because the impact of it is goes so far beyond right. uh, the, the simple, you know, moving furniture around. And so um, I, I put a call out to one of our haulers. He called a couple buddies. We got six guys now all of a sudden. So this thing that could have taken a lot of effort and energy and hardship and could have broken the piano, all that stuff. They do the whole thing in 10 minutes. You know, they pick it up, they lift it, they get it set for, they get it all, you know, put in place and some other stuff moved around. And now she's feeling so much more ready to take in these kids. And those kids are going to have this opportunity then to enjoy this, not only music, but a connection to grandma and her skills and talents. Right. So those are the kinds of little tiny wins that we get that end up having this huge splash out in the world. Okay. That that's so awesome. <laughs> I mean I uh yeah. Yeah, that's just it gives you shivers when you think about that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, we are at that point where we start wrapping up. Um Thank you, Kosh listeners, once again for tuning in. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Um, Once again, as you've listened to the show, if you have anything you would like to share, uh, comments, questions, um, ways to make the show better, maybe you want to get involved in Lego League. Uh, Maybe you would like to come help haul things. Please don't hesitate to email us at askthekosh.com at gmail.com once again that is askthekosh at gmail.com you know i i usually uh have the opportunity to stay connected to the former guests in some type of capacity some are good friends and some some have become good friends um so you know if you reach out and you you want to get involved or you want to share something please 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 don't hesitate to email us all right um I think, you know, the, for some of this stuff, we, we're going to make sure that um, some of this stuff that Adam has talked about, we're going to put it in the meet, in the notes. Um, we're going to make sure we put it in the podcast notes so you can get connected because I think we, we really covered a lot of interesting and engaging things uh, to help make an impact in the cash. And, I mean, uh, most of you that's listening, I think I think that's why you do listen. Absolutely. So. It's great, great stuff there. All right, and so, you know what's next? Let me tell you what's next. It's my favorite part of the show. It is shout-out time. Love the shout-outs. Love the shout-outs. All right, who you shouting out? You got it. Let's get it going. Well, so funny enough, I was uh, listening to you being super excited about Ludacris coming to town. Oh, my God, yes. So the Oshkosh Arena is getting a shout-out. Um, I started listening. Uh, I was playing through some of the Ludacris songs oh. this morning just to get ready, getting the the timber mindset. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> pimping around the world should be your theme song or like an outro. So find out a way to get, uh, you know, some uh, 
way to play some of that pimping around the world for the outro of the Koch. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I I don't know if Luda's going to, you know what, if I get to meet Luda when he comes to town, hey, Luda, just so you know, if you're out there, I'd love to have you on the show. And I would more importantly just like to have a beer with you. That's just, you know, because he did have an album called Chicken and Beer. And, um, those two go together, like ice cream and cake. So I would love to kick it with you, Luda, if you are out there. And, yes, that concert. Oh, my God, I am excited for Luda coming to town. Mm. All right, who else you got? Uh, then, uh, So I've already named a bunch. I mean, the uh, Jake's Mission of Hope is fantastic work. I got um, anything. Uh, I'm guessing by the time people hear this, they'll have already heard some of Grace's uh, interview, you know, that kind of talk. So anything that Grace is involved in in the Humans of Oshkosh, in the um, TEDx Oshkosh, that's actually coming up too. I don't know if this is going to be, uh, you know, how that will connect with the uh, TEDx Oshkosh 2021. Um, you know, it will be either released the same day that's going on, but look that up at the end of November here, um, or plan for it for 2022. Because that's an amazing event that we are really fortunate to have um, that I was uh, honored to be a, a speaker at a couple of years ago and then MC. Uh, so, yeah, check, check out TEDx Oshkosh, too. I think I'm going to have to up my game. I'm not ready yet. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not ready yet, but I'm, I'm going to have to up my game. Yeah, I was going to say, but I think the cash is going to make an awesome TED Talk when uh, it comes along. Hey, well, hey, you know, 20, 2023. We, we'll right. be ready. We'll I be ready it. by That's, 2023. You heard it, everybody. Let's hold him to that. Oh, Timber's, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Every email, get Timber on the TEDx. All right. Yeah. All right. My shout-outs. Let me give these shout-outs. Uh, Shout-out to Kits and File. Always kits and file. You know what? I don't know if y'all know how lucky we are to have a kits and file. I was talking to somebody and they were talking about uh, from from outside of the area and they were talking about the the good old fashioned hardware store and they don't have it anymore. And I was like, but we do. The Kosh does. So shout out to kids and file and also shout out to kids and file because they're sitting with my snowblower right now. And yeah, so, you know, I'm glad that y'all got it done in time. It's my fault. I haven't picked it up quite yet. They only called me a couple of days ago. So I do. I need to go pick up my snowblower uh, because apparently we have had our first snow and I'm trying to keep my back. That's very important to me. I don't know about you, Adam, but I need this thing called a back. Yeah. And and it has gotten old and I yeah. Snow blow us. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that kiss and file with another little story about involvement just real quick. I yeah, know. no, go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah. Um I had this idea at the beginning of quarantine about the, the six foot distance mm-hmm. and, and but also the needs that kids have to stay connected. Right. So I thought, okay, we, a yardstick. All right, is is an awesome tool. Right, and uh, if you got uh, a yardstick and then you cut out a cardboard hand and tape it to the end of the yardstick, then people can give each other high fives. <laughs> right, but, but they can be six feet apart. Right, all right. So it's the six foot high five. All right, that's true. And I thought, how cool would it be for kids to make this at home? You know, grab a yardstick, cut out some cardboard, may trace their hand, decorate it however they want. And then everybody meet up uh, at Menominee Park or at the Wyawash Trail or down Main Street, whatever, where people can be outside six feet apart but still connect, all right, right? Yes. and give each other high fives. 
Like, and I had this whole idea planned out and was like, what do I need to do? Uh, all right, so I, I talked to some folks in leadership, and again, this was the beginning of COVID, and they were all like, no, we can't have people connecting. That's the worst thing in the world. And I was like, but this is the thing. We have six feet. like it's, yeah. And you can teach kids what six feet apart feels like right. you know, with that yardstick. And so um, I was like, all right, who can, what else, what other problem can I solve? And I called up a buddy who works over at Kids and File, and he was like, we can get you a thousand yardsticks and put them in a bucket and say six foot high five, come and grab a yardstick and make one. And they were going to give them away for free. Oh, cause they were like, we got them here. Yeah. Right. You know? and, yeah. And so, um, they're taking up room and normally people don't buy a thousand yardsticks. So right. what is, what, what, you know, how can we help the community right. and get this idea going? So they, they did it. They, I made a little poster and you know, a little flyer and, Started promoting it. There's a Facebook group and everything, and they have a, a bunch of yardsticks there at Kits and File. I and it's been a little while now, so I don't know if they still keep them handy, but Kits and File, you ask for a yardstick, and they, they may still have some of those available. You know, I'm not going to lie. When you said this, the first thing my mind went to is you cannot give kids a bunch of yardsticks <laughs> because you know what that's going to turn out to be? That's going to be Return of the Jedi. That's going to be a bunch of kids out here having Star Wars lightsaber fights, and somebody's going to get hit with the hand lightsaber. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. That's I, maybe that's just me. That is a very very real probability <laughs> that I was willing to risk how badly I wanted people to get back together. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> All right. I feel that. And then uh, my next shout out, uh, my next shout is to uh, Leslie Pelkey. Leslie Pelkey uh, has been, uh, recently retired this week from UPS, I believe. I'm, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I do believe she has worked there 32 years. Wow. Um, she put in lots of work. Let me tell you, if you, another shout out that I want to do um, while recognizing that work is shout out to all these delivery drivers out here yeah. doing this delivery work. Um, it is not easy. It is hard. Be kind Leave them things. A soda goes a long way. A bag of chips goes even further. Um, take care of our drivers out there for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, once again, I think I'm going to echo your shout-out to the arena. Thank you, arena, for bringing back herd basketball. And thank you for bringing Luda. Because I, mean, I am so excited about this Ludacris concert Yes. It's December 4th, right? December 4th. All right. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to make it special because it is around my wife's birthday. So this is part of the birthday present. Uh, we are going to go, you know, I, I might I might go big. Yeah? Well, you know, I, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, not not big, big. I mean, Oshkosh doesn't do, I don't know. You know, uh, yeah, but maybe, know, maybe, your... maybe we need a. You know, I know. I'm thinking limo. All right, you do. Limo. Might need a limo. Have you Have you read about the Parm? Is this new? Yes, Parm yes, I read you about do Parm. A night at the Parm. You do a limo around town. Uh, I don't know if the celebration of lights is going to be at Menominee Park. That's I mean, you true. Can do it up, man. Yeah, that's true. You, you know what? I don't even know. Look, Parm seems to be so popular. A shout out there to Parm. Uh, <laughs> if you ever want to come on the cash, we got a spot for you here. Uh, 
I think they're like booked up. It might be. They might be. All right. You know what? Now that you say it, though, I'm going to go home today. I'm going to see if I can get up in there. Yeah. All right. That's it for the shout outs now. Parting words of wisdom. What do you got for us? Oh, man. So I believe in the inherent interconnectedness of all things. So be connected. That's what I'm going to tell people. Agreed. I believe in it, too. This was an amazing episode. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Me too. The cash.